I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. College football heading for a shakeup. Not just a not just college football shakeup. Mm -hmm. They've been shaken up. Uh, the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, told the media that college football has to rethink the college football playoff setup. Ah, of course. And unfortunately, when Greg Sankey says it, that means it's going to happen. He is the most powerful man in college sports right now. It's, Let's it, be honest. It, uh, yeah. I mean – being honest, it's it it's true. It's one of those things that you wish wasn't true, but it is true. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, carries a lot of weight right now, right? He uh, doesn't necessarily, to to quote uh, Teddy Roosevelt, right, speak softly and carry a big stick. He he doesn't exactly speak softly, but he but he does still carry the the power that comes with being the SEC commissioner. So let's ask this. If the SEC commissioner is saying we have to rethink college football playoff, uh, why would he say that? Right? Because you have to consider the source, consider the, the hidden meanings, the motivations. Well, the reason that the commissioner of the SEC would want to rethink the college football playoff is because he thinks he can make it benefit the SEC more. Right? He wouldn't be the one vocally uh, out loud saying, hey, let's rethink things. If he thought he was going to lose power or lose benefits to his conference, he would say it when he thinks it's going to benefit him. So let's look at this. I, I've, I've used this metaphor in the past, and I think it's a good one for, for how we're dealing with college sports right now. Uh, when the, the mafia, right? and I've, I've talked about the book, it's called The Five Families, uh, when the mafia was was big, big, big in New York City, there were five families, right? And they've they kind of orchestrated a little uh, uh, like government system, right? Where the the leaders, the five dons, would get together and they'd they call it big meetings, and it would be a big thing, right? And they could all manage different rackets and different ways that they can make money, and and you know you'd stay off this corner, you stay off this corner, you let us handle the the teamsters, you let us handle the waste management, whatever it is, right? All the little ways that they were they were making money. We'll handle gambling, you handle drugs, bada boom, bada bam. You do your thing over there, we'll do our thing over here, and everything's all good. Exactly. And if either crosses over, then you have every right to handle your business the way you want to handle your business. Yeah. And it won't start a familial war. The Pac-12, if they were a, a family, hmm. they have no power right now. None. Right? They, they just... They had their Don, they had their their capos, they had their consiglieries. Everybody's locked up or dead. And it happened every once in a while, right? The the FBI would get a wiretap and informant in, and then that family would, would go away for a little bit as far as having any power. That's where the Pac-12 is right now. Some of those schools are in witness protection now. Some of those schools are in witness protection right now. Some of the some of the 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 and and some are running to other families and going, Can I join your family? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ACC can't agree on anything. So the, the, the power struggle in that family, right? The ACC, there's there's two different uh, people who think they're the leaders and they have their their loyalists and they're they're fighting for power right now. Think of like a like a father passed away and that was the leader and two sons are warring against each other. Uh, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, they don't have they 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 just don't have the power right now. 
right? The Big 12 doesn't have any of those crazy, uh, you know, like hitmen, right? They they don't have any of the 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 muscle, right? They don't they don't have any way to enforce their will, right? Their biggest baddest bullies are what Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, Utah, Colorado, are, Kansas. Any any of the other families going like oh, I, I heard that they're going to send Utah over to our neck of the woods. Watch out for those Sun Devils. Then there's the Big Ten and the SEC. They're strong right now, right? They're terrifying right now. They've gone into rival neighborhoods and left with their best assets. They are taking up more and more real estate. They are getting more and more turf, if you will. They're going to try to make new rules that allow them to grab more turf and more real estate. They want their fingers in gambling and drugs and unions and waste management and protection and government, everything. And they're going to call a meeting of the five families and they're going to lay things out how they're going to be. And no one else is going to really be able to step up because they know what stepping up would do, right? The nail that sticks out gets hammered down. I'll tell you what I think the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be doing. I think when it comes to the college football playoff, they're going to be asking and slash enforcing a devaluing of conference championships and a higher valuation, a, a more importance placed on rankings because i think what the sec and the big 10 are are seeing into the future right is the big 12 and the pac 12 are going to stick around in some form or fashion and they're going to have conference champions some of their conference champions are going to be 17th in the country right they're going to be 21st in the country some years Mm -hmm. meanwhile the sec is going to have their conference champion will probably be ranked first or second whoever finishes second will probably be worth third or fourth Whoever doesn't even make the conference championship might be ranked fifth or sixth, right? And they're all going to be ranked above a Big 12 or Pac-12 champion. Yet the way that that a lot of the the seeding is set up now, the Big 12 or Pac-12 champion might get a bye, right? They they might get a a home field or something along those lines. And the SEC is going to go, wait, wait, wait a minute. The Big 10 is going to go, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're telling me if Penn State is ranked sixth in the country, they're not going to get a bye because they didn't win the Big Ten. Meanwhile, Utah, who's ranked 17th in the country, is going to get a bye because they won the Big 12. I don't like the way this is going. So we should just rethink. We'll, we'll stay with the 12 team. Sure, maybe the conference champions will, you know, maybe they'll get an auto bid, but uh, we need to rethink the way that all these, these advantages are passed out because, well, we want to rethink it and we're the SEC and the Big Ten and we hold the power right now. Because I know right now it's the top six conference champions mm-hmm. get an automatic bid. Yes, the now, highest ranked six conference champions. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the power five plus a group, like all five power five champions plus a group of five. Exactly. You could argue that. But at least one group of five is going to get in. Yeah, you could argue there's a world where like the Sun Belt and the American conference champion is better than higher ranked than the Pac-12 and mm-hmm. the Pac-12 wouldn't get an auto bid. But can you imagine then if the SEC is like, wait, 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 wait a minute. We're going to give some kind of advantage to the American. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, LSU is ranked ninth, and they are not getting the advantages. That's what I think they're trying to avoid. That's why Greg Sankey is saying they need to, to rethink things. And that's why the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12 need to get their their families in order so they can stand up and, and fight against that. Bring back the alliance? 
what was the alliance? The alliance was the Big Ten, right? I think it was. It was the Big Ten and the Pac-12, yeah. They need to be, uh, you know, shaking hands and looking in eyes and saying, hey, we'll stick together, right? See, that's that. That probably would work in the mafia world, right? Yeah. If if you go back on that that uh, alliance, the super alliance, you end up. I know it's cliche. Swim with the fishes. I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna look and say, all right, the with the Pac-12 basically just gonna be the Mountain West. If Mountain they, West if, plus, as of right now, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington. Essentially, is what it is. I'm wondering if they're gonna sit, if they're gonna now say or gonna try to do it where it's five. Automatic bids. The top five conference champions make it as opposed to the top six because so now you, it's really a power four. So, mm-hmm. okay, we get the power four plus one more. You that, know, I mean, that's what, it, five. That, that's what it comes down to is yeah. can the Pac-12 or the Pac however many. Are they going to change the numbers? Who knows? Because the Big 12 and the Big 10 can't be like both the Big 16 and 18, I guess they'd be. Maybe. Uh, are they going to strip the Pac-12 of their power status? And make them so it'd be power four group of six, maybe. That I mean, a lot comes down to that. That's that's not a, a small uh, impact on all of this because you know being power a power conference does matter. Uh, and and actually, you know who I believe really wants Stanford to stay a power school? Notre Dame. I think yeah. that's why they wanted Notre Dame. I thought that's why they wanted Stanford in the ACC is to guarantee that Stanford, who's one of their rivals, would remain a power school. There are some rumors out there, some rumblings. Rumblings? Rum, rumblings. Some word on the street is that if Stanford falls out of the power group, they'd consider going, you know what, let's just go FCS. Really? Because they, they are such a, 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 an – and, again, this is just rumblings, but they're such an elitist school that there's like, if we can't be amongst the best in Division One. Let's just go Ivy League status, right? Let's just drop down to the FCS, uh, participate at a lower level. We'll spend less on we'll spend less on football. We'll use those resources on on other parts of our our campus, and you know, create the next trillion dollar company rather than win eight games. And I think Notre Dame is terrified of that because they want to keep playing Stanford because they value those sorts of things. Because Notre Dame is nothing if not tradition. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Gosh, the preseason is all about overanalyzing. What's well, all we have to go off of, right? I know. I mean, I'm not saying we have a choice, but it is all about overanalyzing. Essentially, what we've seen from Bryce Young is like a like a low play count half of football once the regular season starts. Like a low stakes, slow moving first half of football. Mm-hmm. So it's important to keep that into perspective, right? And it's it maybe that's what we're getting at here. The Panthers have played Bryce Young for 32 plays. Some of them have been been called back due to due to penalty through two preseason games. Is that enough? Should they have have tried to put more on tape? Should they have gotten him more experience? 
I think 32 is plenty. I think 32 is plenty. I don't care if they're called back on penalty because you still get to see his decision-making process. You still, like, the the film doesn't care if the play counted or not, right? The film, film cares about good decision, good execution. How did you react to things that were put in your way? They don't care if it was... You know, it went from second and 10 to third and 20 or second and 20, or if it went from second and 10 to first down. The goal of preseason is very simple. And no Washington Commanders fans, it's not to win a rivalry game and end the Ravens 24 game winning streak. Don't tell them that. It's That wasn't the goal. The goal of preseason is to see what you need to work on, right? It's to see what what holes in your roster or game plan exist that you need to have shored up, filled up, and fixed by the time the games matter. And the 32 plays that Bryce Young has played included a bunch of different situations, right? Not all 32 plays are the same. Not all groups of 32 plays are the same. They called movement passes. They called play action passes. They called straight dropbacks. They've called runs. They called it all. Maybe not all, but a lot. They had plays where the line didn't hold up and needed to deal with pressure. They had the a few and far between play where he didn't have pressure. They 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 had blitzes against him. They had non blitzes. Like you've seen a lot. I I like I'm fine with them being vanilla. And Frank Reich will tell anybody that'll listen, yourself, myself, everybody. It's vanilla play call. Right? They're hiding some things. They don't want everybody to know. We don't want them to know. We know they know that we don't know that they know. That's fine. You can be vanilla, but make sure you get your variety in. I don't care if it's the most boring play of each type. I want to know that Bryce Young, when the lights are on, executes with good technique, good form, and good decision-making in a bunch of different ways. For example, actually, me me and Dennis were, were or Dennis and I, were talking uh, yesterday, maybe even the day before, about a play when, when Bryce escaped left and he threw it away and Dennis said ah, Adam Thielen was open right once he escaped left it kind of took Adam Thielen the route off of uh the the options because it would have been a across his body very difficult throw so watch the film right did he escape too quick mm-hmm. should he have hung in there if he escaped too quick why Right? What made him uh, bounce? What made him leave? Should they drill the technique of stepping up or or eluding and resetting? Right? Should should he have trusted his offensive line more? Figure out why and fix it. That's what preseason is about. Right? You gotta you gotta find the leaks in the boat. Because if you don't, you're gonna drown. But if you do find it, you can patch it up. Right? A lot of times, just you know, a little quick repair. That's what it's about. So then it becomes, if you like 32 plays through the first two, or maybe you think it should have been a little more, a little less, should he play in the third? Should he play in the third preseason game? First, let's hear from Frank Reich on, on his ideal for the final preseason game. In the last preseason game, listen, this isn't a must, but you usually want your guys going out after a positive drive. It doesn't always work out like that, and it's not the end of the world if it doesn't. But, you know, in theory, that's what you shoot for. Guess what? This isn't the final preseason game. This or what? What's the saying? This isn't your grandfather's final preseason game. <laughs> there used to only be four, or there used to be four. Now there's just three preseason games. The third preseason game used to be the one where you got the starters for a half plus. 
Yeah, that was the dress rehearsal. That, that was the one where you, you really got to sink your teeth into it. And then the fourth was when, you know, the guys that were fighting to be the 53rd man on the roster as a gunner on punt were out there trying to trying to prove themselves. I have no problem with Bryce Young going out there and playing a, a similar amount to what he played in game two and game three. But again, pack a lot into a little. Right, do it do it like that. Don't just trot him out there to hand the ball off. Don't just trot him out there to run screens where there's no decision making, where it's just drop back, draw the defense, you know, all right, bait the defense, get him to come, screen. Don't do that. Put him out there, let him run some real plays, let him run some real drives, script some things out. You know what I would do? This is what I would do. Tell me. I'd give him roughly 15 plays, 15, 16, something along those lines. But three of them, three of the plays we run, and I wouldn't wouldn't tell anybody this, right? So this is a secret between me and my coaching staff okay. uh, and my quarterback if I'm the play caller. Three of the plays we run are going to be the first three plays we run week one, hmm. right? Mixed in there, right? It's not like the first three are going to be the first three again week one. But the, the first three plays that we're going to – that we plan on that we hope to run week one – I'd, I'd do my best to have them mixed in to the, the 16, 17, 18 plays I, I run with my starters on uh, on the final preseason game. Just because then there's that element of familiarity, right? If there's a, a glaring MA or, or miscommunication or a call, like let, let, them, let them figure it out a little bit, right? Why call it a dress rehearsal if you're not going to rehearse what you're going to do? I want Bryce Young to roll out in that first play I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I'm looking for. I know exactly because he'd done it before, quite literally. Now there's there's the 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 qualifier that I hate that I have to make. If somebody gets hurt, I I completely and totally reserve the right to come back and say it's ridiculous that they were in the game at all. Yes, <laughs> right. I I will I will openly be the hypocrite. No, uh, I mean you just have to hope it, it's it's a violent sport. It's a physical game. Guys are going to get hurt. Right, I, I kind of did the whole 2020 hindsight thing with Terry McLaurin and the Commanders earlier, but that's only because it fits what I actually believe. Right, I actually believe Sam Howell and that offense probably should have played one series and and tipped their cap and walked off the field like like starters and and watched the rest of the game from the bench. So when Terry McLaurin gets hurt on the second drive, I can then wave it a little bit and say, "Ha ha, I told you so." I'm, that won't happen if if somebody gets hurt in the the first 15, 16, 17 plays for the, the Panthers starting out, right? If there's one long drive, cool, I'm good, get out. If it's two medium drives, cool, I'm good, get out. If you go three and out, three and out, send them out there for a third. If somebody gets hurt, that's that's a bummer, but it is, I mean, it, it comes with the territory. It's the cost of doing business in the NFL. It's just reality. I hate it, and and I, I, I've gotten worse at watching or, or dealing with injuries. Like, I don't know if it's my old age, but – uh. I feel like I used to be able to watch guys would get hurt, and I'd be like, "All right, next man up." Now I like feel for the individual much more. It 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 you know puts that pit in my stomach, but that doesn't mean that I think you can make every decision just trying to mitigate injuries. I think I'm kind of with you. The further I've gotten away from actually playing, it's kind of like, oh yeah, like. And now I'm like, I, I feel like I was a monster, right? I, I would. Oh, I know. Like we used to, we called it Riverside. I'm not sure why, but uh, 
Like if we were in practice and we were going in on like the twenty yard line mm-hmm. and somebody got hurt, we would call Riverside, and that just meant everybody run down to the opposite side of the field, face the other direction, oh, yeah. and finish the drill while the trainers are dealing with somebody that was like, you know, they didn't want to move from the spot. So if somebody hurt their knee or something, they just all right, you stay there. We'll go to the other side and finish the drill. Yeah. Meanwhile, that would be like you know one of my good friends entire career being being you know be like a senior with no more eligibility just blew out their knee and i'd be like all right riverside let's go to the other side come on guys yeah kind of a monster were we yeah well that's that's unfortunately the price that sometimes that comes along with it exactly so if somebody gets hurt in the the preseason i'll feel that 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 pit in my stomach but also riverside let's go to the other side let's keep playing let's finish it up so the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's simulation and game design program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.